Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to The Chosen Ones and Other Tropes, where I ask two published authors about their favorite tropes and the ones that make them want to cry. Unless it's a secret sibling, which probably is. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it all makes sense now. It's like, no, No, it doesn't. It makes less sense. (laughs) I have more questions. Well, some some people would argue he's the hero of Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Some people being. (laughs) And it made you sad. The total opposite made you sad. It's so bleak. I was reading it and I was like, damn, this girl's like, <laughs> You're gonna make a lot of enemies on the internet. Wait, Prophecies and chosen ones. Prophecies and often chosen ones. I want to start this one with a quote from one of my favourite authors, the great Douglas Adams, who said, "It's one thing. It's one thing. <laughs> He's got Irish. It's one thing. <laughs> it's one thing." to think that you're the center of the universe. It's another thing entirely to have this confirmed by an ancient prophecy. Prophecies and chosen ones are so often hand in hand. I was actually trying to think of stories where there there was sort of one without the other and I couldn't. So if anyone listening can think of any of those, please do message us. I'd love to know um, which ones they are. But chosen ones are everywhere and more often than not, they have a handy prophecy in tow, sometimes chosen by the people of their world or an ancient mystical artifact, and often, very amusingly, the last person to find out about their destiny in this prophecy. So let's throw it over to the gang. Um, Melissa, Mm. what do you think? Chosen ones, prophecies. Um, I actually don't mind chosen one prophecies, but it depends what in what way it's being used, especially in children's, because in children's fiction, it's like very, very common, isn't it? Yeah. Like it's very specifically in children's fiction. Um, and obviously there's almost a joke on this in the Harry Potter series where everyone thought that the Half-Blood Prince before it came out was going to be about Harry being like the chosen one. And of course it was a complete misdirect. And then in the fifth book, there is a misdirect about, could it have been Neville? Um, and obviously, no, it's not Neville. Cause we're told that very clearly there's obviously got to be Harry. Um, <laughs> and then also I was thinking about, um, things like fated mates. So in twilight, how Jacob always thinks he's in love with Bella, but really he was in love with the, um, egg in her ovary oh. that was going to become her child. And that's how he felt that way. But you know, and it's very common. In fact, werewolf fiction, I notice um I get a lot of advertisements on my Instagram, Facebook. I don't know if anyone else gets these. And they are no. for like werewolf erotica, and it's so common. You know mates. Some of them are called that. Ads work these days, right, Melva? Yeah. <laughs> wink, wink. Um, God, I get so many of them. And it's, it's because it's all they're all about like self-publishing courses, and it's like, here, yeah. we'll use this as an example. And it's just this werewolf erotica. Um, but it's really common to do fated mates, and that seems to be a common thing in werewolf fiction and other stuff I've watched like in Teen Wolf it's like Fated Mates um so I don't mind it what I don't like about it is I think you don't need it like it doesn't need to be there so the the reader already knows that this person's the chosen one that the Mm -hmm. fate is about them because they're reading it from that person's perspective they've been told on the back in terms of a book as a product they've been told on the back or even a tv show or anything 
that this is who it's going to be about and it has to be about them for these reasons. So I think sometimes it's nicer when they're not chosen for some reason. So like in The Last of Us at the minute, obviously I guess you could argue that Ellie is chosen because she's the only immune person. And that's in episode one, so nobody complain at me. Um, <laughs> she's the only immune person, so she's chosen. But also it's kind of... But like so for instance Joel's character and he's like quite equally the other main character he's not chosen necessarily it's about his journey for the last 20 years and where he's come from and what he did to be there and being active in the story so I don't mind them but I do think they a can be a little bit lazy and b certainly aren't necessary a lot of the time like did Harry need to be the chosen one I don't think so I don't yeah. think he needed we didn't need to be told that I mean he's obviously already kind of a chosen one so I don't think I don't think it's needed but I don't hate it yeah, I was going to say just the nature of almost any story that you that you watch or read or listen to mm. uh the the protagonist's the point of view character is is the, depending on how you look at it ain't always going to be a chosen one because the author yeah. has chosen to write the story exactly. from their perspective from their point of view because they exactly. did something you know they did something significant or interesting or had an inspirational journey. You know, if they weren't if they didn't do something that was of note, then you there wouldn't be a story about them. Right, know? yeah, exactly. Wouldn't be much of a story about someone who just um, watched TV and then went to work and was didn't like their job and was bored and came back and watched TV. Yeah, yeah. and had no special skills. And exactly. was not special in any way. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> have to be slightly special. Didn't change anything, didn't learn anything. Didn't, <laughs> you know, that's, just, that's just it. That's the whole story. Um, so yeah, to, to, to some degree everyone is a, is a, is a chosen one, but right. that's not to say that, um, the, they, that, that they necessarily have a prophecy involved. And actually now, now that you say it, like it, it's degrees of chosen one, right? Obviously okay. the, the extreme one is you have something like, um, the wheel of time or mm. like star Wars, where there is a prophecy where it's like a chosen one will rise. And then it's like you, you're the chosen one, get off mm-hmm. your farm and get to work. Um, that's like the full thing. Like there's no escaping that it's rigidly set up. And then identifying someone like, um, Joel and Ellie, or well, like Ellie being the in quotes chosen one. Yeah. It's like, it's not this, there's no prophecy involved there. So I guess there's an answer to my earlier question of like where one without the other, but it also depends how you define chosen one. So like Ellie's been chosen by, uh, natural selection and, and sort of genetic evolution, I guess. Yeah. That's what I was thinking about. So in a way, I think it's more that, um, and especially like when the arc of the show, which I of course won't spoil, but for people who've played the games, the arc of the show being about um, what Ellie does with this information, you know, is she yeah. is she going to be the cure for all of humanity? And arguably that is a bit of a prophecy. She, her fate is laid before her because she is immune, mm-hmm. as opposed to her doing something actively in the story in terms of writing craft to be the one that's up front and center. Of course, she's a really well-crafted character. She's very brave. She's very honest. She's very funny. So we really like her and she is very active in the story, but there is a chosen element that she cannot change. And that felt predestined to me. Yeah. I guess yeah. that's a similar to, she's the girl that, the girl who lived, right? Just like yeah, Harry. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. What do you think, Naomi? Where are you at with, with uh, prophecies and chosen ones? Yeah, I think they often come together, don't they? Um, mm. I think they do, do mash quite well. And I, I don't mind them. I feel like you know what you're going to get as soon as you, you, you see one coming. Um, and the, obviously the thing with the prophecy is, you know, it kicks off a, 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 a 
often kicks off a main character on a journey and, and the main character tries to make sure that either that the prophecy doesn't happen in most cases and it, and it ends up that they're trying not to make it happen makes it happen so like um I, Anakin we were talking about Star Wars earlier like he's he's obviously the chosen one as well and he obviously has this vision about the Padme dying and because he's so adamant to try and help her not die he ends up killing her um and that is how the prophecy comes about so prophecies are kind of tricky I think yeah um, and they kind of point. they kind of set up like twists so if you see a prophecy you can, you do know what's going to happen like mm. the twist being that actually their actions to try and stop the prophecy happening make the prophecy happen so if, if you if you I think they only hold weight if you believe in them uh, when most main characters tend to but um what one I was thinking of when we, we were talking about this so it's not it's a prophecy without a chosen one uh, which I thought was kind of interesting um and that was minority report uh, do you guys remember that movie with Tom Cruise oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, yeah amazing memory movie. right yeah, yeah. well I love that movie um and so so Tom Cruise he he's like this cop who who um basically goes after people who are predetermined to commit murder before it happens and one day it turns out that it's he... any crime, right? He just is the homicide Yeah, detective. you're so right. Yeah, it's yeah. any crime. It's just he's particularly homicide, yeah. yeah. Um, so he sees that he will murder someone um, and he obviously goes off on this journey to try and make sure that he doesn't prove it wrong and to prove this entire belief system. And in so doing, um, you know... It, spoiler alert it kicks off this event that so the 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 guy the victim still dies but it's not tom cruise who makes it happen um really and um yeah it's just the idea that there's this prophecy without a chosen one but um he he goes off to to, to chase the prophecy because he believes in it's he believes that it's not true um, yeah. so yeah i thought that was quite a, an interesting one um and then the, another one that i was thinking of was sleeping beauty <laughs> <laughs> stick with me here great at, 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 at the beginning you know when like the baby's being presented to the court and stuff and then the evil witch comes along and she's like you didn't invite me to your party so i'm gonna curse your child and she says um by the time your daughter reaches her 18th birthday she's gonna prick her finger on a spinning wheel so what do the king and queen do they go and burn all the spinning wheels and make sure that no one there's none any left in the kingdom mm-hmm. and you know cue uh beauty's 18th birthday she realizes that um she, well she finds herself in a room with a spinning wheel and she's never seen one before because obviously they've all been banned from the kingdom and she she goes ahead and she pricks her finger on it and so you know i think prophecies are self-fulfilling and they generally only they generally happen because uh the main character goes after them yeah so, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i've just realized that uh, also in the second Kung Fu Panda movie, you've, you've triggered you a memory Kung here. Fu Panda. I love Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> love I also Panda. think <laughs> from a story construction point of view, the first movie especially, um, and the second movie as well, they're very good examples of like um, very like clean, simple story structures done very well. But the second movie, Gary Oldman's Evil Peacock, he is told by some mystical creature i can't remember what that his like empire and and will be brought down by a panda so he goes and effectively tries to kill all the pandas panda genocide yeah yeah literally that's Mm. that's what we're promoting now in kids movies but (laughs) um yeah so it's a very similar thing to that and it's him him trying to desperately trying to avoid I, i think that that's been used several times as well in different things where it's like kill um kill the thing it's a threat yeah in uh chronicles of riddick i don't know if you guys have seen that um 
in the Chronicles of Riddick, it's the same thing. It's that he's like the last person from his planet. Yeah, and the guy, that, yeah, is afraid of them. The big, yeah, the big bad is has been told that it'll be someone from his planet that that mm-hmm. finally kills him, and he's like the last one. Yeah, yeah. I would say. Cool. Well, getting back on track and and stop stopping <laughs> this like odd Coffee talk about genocide <laughs> <laughs> prophecies oh, um, we laughed. is uh naomi you were mentioning like a, a lot of these things start out with um the prophecy which sets the hero's journey in motion yeah. and i actually think as a writing technique it's it's what brandon sanson calls the promise yeah absolutely and he he believes very firmly and he talks about it in his lectures that when you are writing your book, you need to quite clearly state sort of what is in store for everyone, kind of an outline of what's going to happen yeah. without obviously revealing any kinds of twists or or uh, too many details about the drama and things. But uh, I think that that is kind of something that a prophecy fulfills. And in some ways, as as like a lot of writers will have a prophecy, not necessarily in the sort of mystical prophecy way, but the what will happen in that story is laid out often at the start or quite a common technique that people do is if you you start with an action sequence and that kind of sequence maybe like chapter one or chapter two or like the start of a movie is just a microcosm a miniature Mm -hmm. version of what the entire story is Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I was thinking about um, because you brought up Kung Fu Panda Two, so it's like a sequel. <laughs> um, I was I, I actually remembered, especially Naomi talk about Minority Report and thinking of sci-fi. Um, mm. In Blade Runner twenty forty nine, they flip it on its head, so it's set up like a prophecy oh, because yeah. in that K, who is um, Ryan Gosling, mm. he digs up a box under a tree. So Hold it's like on, very sorry. prophecy. Can I just correct you that Ryan Gosling is K? It's not the other way around in the movie. Ryan Gosling is the actor. <laughs> so, yeah, K, K is K the character. K plays Ryan Gosling. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, that obviously that's the way around I meant, yeah. So Ryan Gosling, AKK, AK Ryan Gosling, um, is a replicant slash Hollywood actor. And he uh, <laughs> digs up a box under a tree, which is like super, I thought, like very prophecy. It's like a box yeah, under a tree and it has a secret in. And the secret yeah. is that replicants can have children. And so for the whole film, they set it up, especially because of how much time has passed, that K slash Ryan Gosling is um, the child that has been had by Spoiler Rachel warning, from the third. right now. Yeah, very, very much just wanted- Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. They, they set up and it's very clear that they're leading you down that path. Like he mm-hmm. is the child. He is the prophetic child that he found in this box. Like he found the scam pictures of. And then it comes out. He's not at all. He mm-hmm. is not that child. He got, comp- and even he, th- it's very clear, he, even he thinks that even when it comes he out. He totally yeah. thought he was the chosen one and he yeah. is a bit disappointed not to be the chosen That's one. the total opposite of the promise, isn't it? Yeah. I know. The, he, the kind of the promise leads you down, but it's still a really good movie and yeah. they definitely yeah, pick absolutely. up the pace after that, after that big reveal. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was quite an interesting one and it reminded me of, I know a lot of people don't like the latest Star Wars. However, <laughs> obviously Ray, everyone was saying, oh, I bet Ray is um, oh, Luke yeah, Skywalker's like child or maybe like her his niece or something, you know, somehow related. And uh, no, she's not at all. 
<laughs> she just isn't. <laughs> she's not. just she just happens to be a random Jedi. Um, and oh, no. that was another. No, 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 she's not random. She's not. They well. they clawed it back, and then she was like, everyone. I think for a while, I think everyone thought she was going to be Obi Wan Kenobi's yeah uh, child or descendant yeah. or something yeah and then they were just like nah she's Darth Sidious's uh, <laughs> oh that's the true they did reverse that because they were going down the thing of her just being normal you're right and then they yeah. had that other film that yeah. was not yeah. my favorite film thought, you are get, right let's get a different writer director then let's get <laughs> yeah. another different writer director <laughs> that's, the plot. that's so true yeah, let's okay, have them we'll argue with then. each other about what happens in this trilogy <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, scrap that then. Blade Runner 2049, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a great movie. It is a really good movie. One of my favorite movies. I loved that movie. And yeah, no, that's a great subversion of the trope. Because also Mm -hmm. it it hits that point. He's very upset. I remember that scene distinctly. He's very upset when he finds out that he's not the chosen one. And it makes full sense why he thinks he is as well. It's not like a it's not like a delusional thing. It's to do with memories and how he's been created. And it makes Mm. a lot of sense. That's a really good subversion Mm. of the trope. Yeah. What about um, other subversions? What What did you guys come up with? Oh, the subversions specifically. Oh, that was or, literally or, one or I thought of. Or just actual tropes, I When guess. I was combining for some reason Kung Fu Panda and <laughs> Minority Report in my head. That yeah, that's the natural progression. Right? Of course, Kung Fu yeah, Panda and like, Minority Report Panda is genocide Blade plus. <laughs> what about this? One of the oldest ones I thought of was um, Macbeth. Oh, okay. It's not a subversion. It's more like, um, it's actually like what you were saying, Naomi. It's with the knowing about the prophecy yes it's when the witches tell him the prophecy and Uh then it he like plays it over and over again in his head until it kind of makes him slightly insane yeah and it kind of plays into the whole thing and then it is almost a self-fulfilling prophecy at that point yeah Mm. what i thought i don't know it kind of subverts it um was the matrix with neo mm-hmm. that that's the chosen one and the prophecy mashed together really really well i think and that delivers on both of them really nicely yeah neo doesn't believe that he is the chosen one like he tries and he just doesn't believe he is and it's only yeah. right right at the very end that he realizes that he can be and he chooses to be and i think i, th- I don't know i feel like that does it really nicely um because sometimes does, you, yeah. you get you get a chosen one who's like, yeah, okay, let's go with it. And then they're amazing. But as he's like throughout the whole film, like he's failing, you know, <laughs> like he can't jump for as far. He can't um, save people. Um, yeah. And he, and then he, he chooses has given it. up on it. Yeah. He's, he's exactly. like given up on it. And that's why he's like, well, it's worth risking everything then to get Morpheus back because I'm not yeah, the chosen one. Because he's not yeah. the chosen one. Yeah. That's true. I also love the bit with the, when he goes to see the Oracle and um she says sorry kiddo you're not the chosen one and then later yeah. on someone asks her and she's like i told him exactly what he needed to know yeah and i was like yes that's, that's perfect so tricky. That. <laughs> yeah. that one's also a bit of a subversion as well if you follow like the later films where it all gets kind of confusing and bizarre and you find out that the chosen one is like a loop in the system and it like there's there is always one and then the whole thing resets and then eventually there'll be another one and it all resets and it's just a weird mm. The yeah. Matrix is bizarre. What, after so the first one, it gets very bizarre. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But the first one's like stands alone quite nicely. I think though. it does. It's oh, a really yeah. good one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't. You can watch it happily and be like, "That's cool," and I can kind of imagine my own. Yeah, I'm going to read fan fiction now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is funny because uh, we we were talking about the Lego Movie subverting the the trope, the female badass trope. Yeah. Um, the other day, oh. and the Lego movie 
like also just it does subverts it but it completely like parodies the prophecy trope (laughs) yes it does that's so true right at the start um it's a big trick (laughs) yeah right at the start he's like the the morgan freeman's wizard is like defeated and and just as the will ferrell's baddie is like leaving uh he's like but wait there's a prophecy (laughs) he's like oh now there's a prophecy (laughs) (laughs) and it's just like a really stupid uh and, and like when you actually watch that movie and there's a there's a spoilers but i mean not really at a certain point in that movie it kind of stops being animation and goes to like a real life thing and you realize that the whole thing's a parallel and and it's kind of beautiful and and um (laughs) it really tugs at the heartstrings but uh it's it's a funny parody i think of this of this trope uh and and worth looking at let's talk about star wars we've already talked about it a little bit and Mm -hmm. we've mentioned i think all of the phases i was going to say star wars is an interesting one because um in the prequels like you mentioned it is kind of a subversion because the mm-hmm. prequels the the prophy that we're told the prophy the prophecy um, <laughs> i like prophy a prophy yeah that's good <laughs> prophecy uh, over coffee <laughs> exactly it's a new genre um <laughs> the prophecy that we're told is that there that there will be a chosen one and they will bring balance to the force mm-hmm. and 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 then we're informed that Anakin is the chosen one. The way mm-hmm. that I always interpreted that was that, oh, so the Jedi are idiots. And what they don't realize is that the force is, that like everything's yeah. leaning super heavily in their favor. And he yeah. does bring balance to the force. Yeah, he does because, what he's supposed to. Yeah. yeah, he brings balance because like <laughs> the Sith need to be like leveled out. They need a yeah. big boost. So he, I always thought that was in, in terms of like prophecies, it's an mm-hmm. interesting way of doing it. It's like, oh, it's a prophecy, which is for the baddies. Yeah, like you yeah. expect him to be a good guy and then actually not. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. we didn't because it was a prequel, but we would well, have. Okay. <laughs> if he'd done it that way round. Yeah, yeah exactly. If he'd done it a different way round. But I think those prophecies where um, they're vague or quite funny as well. So, you know, like quite often you get given a prophecy at the beginning of the story. So like with Blade Runner 2049 and it's like, there is a child, but that's mm. all the information you're getting. Why is there <laughs> nothing else in this box apart from this picture? I feel like if you're going to leave me this picture, leave me something else to go off or burn the pictures and don't yeah, let anyone don't know if it's dangerous, you know? So I feel like prophecies also have that element though, don't they? That mystery element. So you're guessing through the entire story. Yeah, and that's sure. part of the point of the prophecy. And then you, and then there's all these ones where they subvert it, where they're like, this guy's the prophecy. Oh, no, no, he's not actually, he's not. Haha, <laughs> tricked you. And that's part <laughs> gotcha. of like the fun. And in like Lego movie, that's a little bit like that. So the prophecy is technically accurate for what it says at the beginning, but because there's this big twist where actually you've been watching Lego movie, guess what? They're actual Lego pieces and they're imagined by these yeah. people and they're real people in real life. Then it sort of flips it again because it's not that specific a prophecy. The prophecy is never just, okay, so listen up. Naomi Gibson is going to write this great book. Yes, she And is. it's going to be a bestseller and it'll be a bestseller on the 31st of July, 2023. Okay, uh, be there. Also, here's the lottery numbers. Like, that's no never the prophecy. Man. The prophecy is always like Sorry, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. <laughs> You better get to work. I'll bring my agent. (laughs) (laughs) Joe, I've got some news. (laughs) I've got some news. I heard a prophecy. Um, Yeah, like the prophecy is always incredibly vague, which is kind of on purpose. Or usually like a poem or something. Mm -hmm. Like a prophecy feels like if I know something that everyone needs to know, I'm going to be quite like, maybe this just, I'm not a very flowery writer, but I would just be like, here's exactly what's going to happen, bro. Here's what you need to know. Yeah. Whereas prophecy is never like that. But then maybe that's part of the fun of the story. And I actually don't mind that. I'm just thinking in practical terms quite often in terms of like plot holes. Technically speaking, the prophecy could always be more specific. 
depending on who did it, but instead it has to be yeah. slightly mysterious, you know? Well, it's it goes back to the the thing that you were saying, like it's fun with a prophecy to be able to to be like, oh, I wonder if that actually means this. I wonder if it actually means yes. that. The more specific you have it, the more it's like, okay, well, exactly. clearly this is going to happen. Even and, though that's ridiculous because obviously yeah. the person who did the prophecy knew everything because <laughs> it's a prophecy and it's fated to happen, but mm. they kind of leave it vague on purpose. But we we allow that. We don't really mind. <laughs> I guess we're like, I guess, oh, well, yeah. you know, yeah, it, it still adds to the fun of the story. And at the end of the day, it's not a documentary. It's a it's a fictional story. So <laughs> maybe it's more of a numbers game. <laughs> like the ancient like wizard artifact thing that made the prophecy was like, well, if I do these these kind of things, eventually someone <laughs> will. You know, it's like the eventually yeah. monkeys will type Shakespeare. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, give it enough time. Someone yeah. will. They're always like a thousand years old. That's so true. Do you think other people found the prophecy and thought, oh, maybe this will happen? It just didn't because it wasn't time. Well, wasn't there one about the world would end in 2010? 2012. Yeah, 2012. Was Sorry, yeah December right. 2012, the Mayan yeah. calendar. Mayan it's just because it, it ran out then. But people out. interpreted it as. <laughs> it ran out. Y2K. <laughs> it just ran out. Uh, Here's, here's here's some more interesting ones. Um, have you guys seen One Punch Man? No, no. I haven't. So this is not this is not a prophecy thing, and yeah. this is not a spoiler. The whole premise of One Punch Man and the reason it's called that is because he is such a powerful superhero character. He literally defeats everyone in one punch, and like he is sort of this ultimate kind of chosen one. Like he's unbeatable. But the the story itself, and this is kind of the funny trope about it, is that it's it's not about him like being the best. It's about him getting depressed because no one puts up a good fight against him. Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. Mm-hmm. And it's about this, like, it's like an, the inner struggle for him of, like, being so bored that he's so <laughs> powerful. And he is, like, the ultimate chosen one. It's an interesting, interesting yeah. way of framing it. Yeah, yeah, I like that actually, I've, and I've heard good stuff about One Punch Man. Mm. The other, the other fun one is um, group chosen ones. So in mm. uh, Rick O'Riordan's Heroes of Olympus, there's um, they they do he 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 kind of puts forward prophecy, and then it involves uh, various different descendants of the Greek pantheon. They have to. They each have a specific part of the prophecy to fulfill. So it's ah, almost like yeah, check yeah. boxes, but they they have to do it themselves, like individually, as opposed right, to one person okay. doing the whole thing. Which is a it's a fun way of doing it. Yeah, like yeah. It. Share the yeah. wealth a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Multi point of view. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I we already we had touched on it, but I wanted to talk about Harry Potter mm-hmm. because I, I it's been a long time since i uh since those those last few books came out and like if like the last books i have the worst memory of i have the best yeah. memory of like the first four yeah. and the last the last few uh i was a bit hazy on but 100 percent, they did this uh, um kind of bait and switch where it was the half-blood prince and you thought well obviously yeah. like the rest of all these stories it's obviously harry it's always harry mm. and then they were like oh maybe it's not maybe it's Neville. Yeah. but like was it neville 
Uh, mm. <laughs> so I, it was a bit because that's I think that's all in the fifth book when they go to the hall of prophecies and it is implied (laughs) about when the child is born it could be neville but also feels i think a little bit lazy and it just clearly just wasn't neville it just like we were saying about it's none of the story's been about neville all you've ever said about neville is he has a frog Mm -hmm. he's been the butt of the joke the entire time do not pretend to me that it's (laughs) neville because it's obviously not neville is it so i don't know i feel like that entire book was a prompt from someone going so so wait why did voldemort single harry out <laughs> yeah, and we just like, oh, oh, real quick. Okay, I'll go away and write a massive book about it. Good idea. Because <laughs> it was like filler, wasn't it? That's the most. That's out of all yeah, the out of all books. That's that's the filler. The fact that I can't remember like anything that happens. Anything. In it. it's, yeah. it's really confusing. Like, so me and Ollie watched them actually over Christmas, and he was sat there and he was like, "So wait, why is it?" almost Neville and like the same as you I'm just like it isn't Neville it's just not it's never going to be him get Neville just, she shouldn't have done that I'm trying to make Neville happen <laughs> yeah. no that's fetch um, <laughs> but like even even if it was Neville which none of us clearly Believe. can say it was or wasn't uh, <laughs> even if like in canon it was Neville it's not like we suddenly swapped to his POV or he then suddenly achieved. Harry still does all the main stuff. He yeah. still has the yep. lightsaber laser beam fight with Voldemort <laughs> yep. at the end. You know, that's still him. But, um, <laughs> yeah. The whole point of the prophecy though was that Voldemort would mark the kid as his equal. And yes. that is the whole, the whole point of Harry having his lightning scar is the fact that Voldemort marked Harry. So it could only ever be Harry. Do you know what I mean? It could never be Neville anyway. No. There you go. So, so there's a massive, <laughs> a massive book, just yeah. basically saying. But what if? Yeah, don't worry, it's not and, there. And, and yeah, and that, and that prophecy is similar to what we were talking about before. The fact that Voldemort heard this thing about this kid who had the power to vanquish him, so he went after the kid to make sure it couldn't happen, and that's what set the whole thing off. So it. It's yeah, just, it's, it's just, like it's, is it King Herod? King David? Oh gosh, Bible stories. But you know that <laughs> that finds out that you know Jesus is going to be born and yeah, is that Herod? I think that's Herod, isn't it? I think it's Herod. Oh God, Bible testing me. But yes, um, and the, he obviously goes out and tries to kill all the children, the firstborns, is it? Because mm, he finds yeah. out it's a firstborn. So that whole prophecy happening. It's a very famous book called the Bible. Everyone, spoilers. Um, Who wrote that? Read it. <laughs> <laughs> Various, various authors. Um, various. <laughs> anthology of stories. Do you know there's a, the other prophecy in that though? The, that really, I was thinking about before, but I wasn't sure I was going to bring it up, but we're also touching on it. Um, the fact that Jesus died and he said, I will die and I will rise again on the third day. Mm-hmm. And then he did die and he did rise again. And everyone was like, holy shit, you've risen again. Like everyone's really surprised. And he's like, well, I told you I would. <laughs> I did tell you. Yeah. I even I told am. you when it would be. I was really looking <laughs> yeah. for a prophecy. <laughs> exactly. It's really funny. Jesus didn't get drama. He didn't get the... the <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's true. He didn't build it up enough, you know? No. He did better yeah. marketing yeah, team. <laughs> Here's a funny one um, to, to, to round this off is I was thinking, and this, no, this could be a separate episode, but a part of me was kind of like, uh, it's they are sort of prophecies, is when you have um, curses and there's like a curse on a thing and um. it's like, oh, the the curse is this predetermined thing which has been triggered or whatever mm-hmm. and you have to like jump through all these hoops to end the curse and that's mm-hmm. something like Pirates of the Caribbean where they I'm not going to give you a spoiler warning that movie came out <laughs> millions of years ago uh where 
the crew of the Black Pearl have all taken this this these this treasure, this cursed treasure, and they're all so they're kind of undead, and they're trying they're they're just going around the world trying to get the last piece of treasure so that they can become human again. Mm-hmm. And um, God, it sounded quite sympathetic when I put it like that. <laughs> Poor guys, <laughs> <laughs> they're just trying to get this treasure back. <laughs> And they find the last piece with uh, Elizabeth Swan, aka Kira Knightley. Yeah. And um, it, it becomes this. It, it's kind of laid out like a prophecy. Like it has its own little like rhyme and, and jingle. Um, and they have to like fulfill these these various things to be to be free again. Do you guys think that's in a similar ballpark? Yeah. Yeah. You, you know what you're going to get when you see it, don't you? Yes. And that yeah. is nice. Actually, that is a nice thing about prophecy. It it's because you're literally being told what the story is going to yeah. be. Then and it's what you're saying about the promise and Brandon mm-hmm. Sanderson saying mm-hmm. about the promise of the premise and essentially that's usually what's on the blurb on the back. Yeah. yeah, it's quite nice to know exactly what you're going into, and I think that's what appeals to a lot of people. You know, like if you read within a similar genre, so some people are mood readers, and other people just want to read a particular genre. And the reason you want to read that genre is because you're expecting certain things to happen. Yeah, right? you know what mm-hmm. happens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think that yeah, that definitely works and you're told about the cur- well you're not told the full curse quite like super early on in parts of the caribbean but you're certainly aware that there's magical things going on within the first 10 15 minutes yeah it, it, they they allude to it that i actually yes. think their writing is brilliant and yeah, it's really good, yeah the pacing and the way that they foreshadow everything yeah is really really, really well done and then mm-hmm. you the big reveal the bit that i always remember is when the the it's they say the rhyme and then Elizabeth Swan's like, oh, and the blood to be repaid. And then he's like, oh, that's why there's no sense to be killing you yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it's good foreshadowing. Be- yeah. But it's, I thought in some ways it's kind of like a reverse prophecy. It's like, it's like yeah. the evil prophecy mm-hmm. to be it's undone. Still a, it's still a promise though, isn't it? Like, you know yeah. what's going to happen. You know what they're after. You know what they want and why they want it. It's, yeah. But and it's then, a promise from the bat, from the villain side. So yeah, it's like this yeah. is the promise they're making. How are the heroes going to stop that? So in some ways, yeah. it's kind of a bit. It's a bit more kind of spicy. And then Jack Sparrow uses it to his advantage as well, doesn't he? So he he yeah. takes one so that he can't die. That's you know that's quite clever, really. Love that. We'll Love that. it. Love it when a magic <laughs> system is used by a cat is like used in a, in a way you don't expect yeah, like, by a cat. Yes. <laughs> and go. it's like logical and isn't just creating a thousand plot holes of yeah. why yeah. don't you just do this? Yeah. Why don't you just do that? Yeah. And it's fallible. That is yeah, really clever. Good. So yeah, that's a really good way of using it. That being said, the rules lawyer inside of me is like, okay, Uh-oh. so the obvious <laughs> thing to do is you make the, the, make that like treasure camp, your base of operations where all the treasure uh, is okay. whenever you go out on a mission take a, everyone takes a coin a <laughs> you're now time. invincible as you go and then when you come back you drop the coin you're back to your normal self <laughs> i mean it's just yeah. abusing the system Jamie. what if someone falls in the sea though because that's literally what happened one of them fell in the sea well one of their kids fell in the sea and had a coin on him isn't that literally how they got in that problem in the first place do we not learn yeah. lessons, Jamie? It's when just, we steal salt, curse treasure, we can get we can fix this because you don't need to have the coin on you, right? So all they have to do is like, like take the coin out of the cave <laughs> and then just have like a little stash so that it'll be fine, and they can just come back. Everyone gets their coin. <laughs> they will have their name tags on them so they get the right blood with the right coin. <laughs> I feel like you can have a clipboard as they come back in, going, "Where's your coin? Have you got your coin? Tick the name off." <laughs> Yeah, roll call. Present. (laughs) (laughs) Almost like magic systems may be fallible. (laughs) Oh, that'd be great though. I love that. It would. You can tell I play D and D. It's like, how can I break this? (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Well, I think that about that about sums it up. I mean, we like 
we like the thing about this trope is it the first time anyone did the prophecy like mm. if you go way back you know back when wheel of time came out um you had like the kind of early fan the fantasy classics it and it wasn't like a done to death thing it was like oh that's cool this guy's like destined with a great you know um journey and he's going to be like the chosen one cool the more you see this the more boring it gets the more that it's like oh great another another chosen one he's gonna yeah. do the thing and learn the magics and probably yeah. be vaguely mary suish or gary stewish and yeah the know. nature of tropes really isn't it yeah. i guess so yeah mm. but this this one i just feels like you have to do a twist on it especially if yes. it's in yeah. fantasy <laughs> I think. Yeah, yeah it's been done to death in fantasy yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah you have to do it in an interesting or like unusual way I, yes mm-hmm. We, I don't think we mentioned it, but with the Lego movie as well, I think at a certain point, um, the wizard even says like, oh, there was no prophecy. I just made it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just made it up on the spot. because Which is like more of a twist on the, yeah, you do have to yeah. do something with it nowadays. Which is just funny, yeah. Yeah, it's freaking fun. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Aren't we the prophecies of chosen ones? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for putting up with our nonsense for another episode. To stay tuned to everything we're up to, you can follow the podcast on all socials at The Chosen Tropes. Follow Melissa at Meliva, Naomi at Naomi G. Writes, and Jamie at Jamie X. Greenwood. Don't forget to check out Naomi and Melissa's books, as well as the Right and Wrong podcast. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next trope. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.